Hello, you are listening to Duking It Out with the Duke. This is the very first episode of a new series associated with Drinking Geek Out. I am your host, Dustin the Duke, and today we are playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out. If you ever listened to a Digo episode, you would know that we start with beer, and you guessed it, I have a beer for you. Alright, so today we are having the Hop Squeeze 2, a double New England IPA from Hoosier Brewing Company. So this comes in at 8.4% ABV and 73 IBUs, which is, if you are familiar with the geek reference model that we have, it is the Shake and Bake. Alright. Um, the Shake and Bake is uh, Ricky Bobby and Carl Norton's uh, car numbers combined. So we have Ricky Bobby at 26 and Carl no- Naughton. Carl- yeah, Carl Naughton at 47. So you add those together, you get 73. Woo! All right, so this Juicy Brew features Comet and Indiana Copper Hops from Crazy Horse Hops. Like many hazy beers, sweetness and juice is the target. This one has a flood of juice and heavy backbone of sweetness to accentuate the mouthfeel and hop expression. It is like pouring yourself a glass of pure pineapple juice. Well, I'm actually hoping that that is the case. I do like pineapple. I do like pineapple juice. Uh, and so I poured it out here. Obviously, you can't see it, but it's in my nice little uh, glass. Uh, we did take a picture, and the color itself uh, is kind of reminiscent of like a pineapple juice of sorts. It is kind of it's kind of hazy, as expected with the anipa. Um, but for you know color's sake, I would have to say probably like a scorpion at number four. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with that number four at a scorpion. For the the smell, it smells smells hoppy, a little bit of citrusy smell to it. Um, I can't really tell if that's the pineapple or not. Um, I you know I can smell you know, something fruities in there. Let's see what the can. Uh, this actually smells uh, pretty good from the can. All right, so normally when we do this at Digo, we start with the can. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and do that. Um, the can is interesting. It has the name on the side uh, going up and down, uh, Hop Squeeze 2, uh, and green lettering. And then the entire background of it is just these circles, these you know overlapping circles kind of look like it's you know optical illusion type of thing, which is pretty cool. Uh, it says right here that they're brewed at Greenwood, Indiana. So this isn't in beer. It doesn't really have anything else on this can. So you can just think of like a sticker on a can uh, that just encompasses uh, going around uh, all the way with just these squiggly lines. So it's interesting to say the least. All right. So after smelling, uh, I guess it's uh, time to drink it. Oh, that's pretty good. You can't really tell. It's not that tarty or that sour. You know, you're expecting when it says you're pouring yourself a glass of pineapple juice. Um, 
and I don't know how old this can is. It could be, um, it, I mean, it could just be too old. You know, Nipahs are supposed to be drank right away. Even from the can, I mean, you can't really tell. Uh, it seems like it has mellowed out a little bit, but I mean, it's still juicy. It's still delicious. It's just not pineapple-y, I guess, if you want, if you can say. I don't know. I still like it, um, but I still think that there's, uh, I don't know, missing something. I don't know. Okay, so untapped. Uh, we have, ooh, not that many. There's only been 36 total check-ins. So that's insane. Uh, 31 ratings of those 36. Uh, people have given it a 3.9%, uh, which is nice. Uh, I have zero check-ins. Do I have any friends who've checked it in? No, none of my friends have checked this one in. Um, but I'm seeing some people, and there's like 36 check-ins, so this isn't going to be really hard to go through. Uh, Scott N. said, uh, juicy, citrus, sweet, smooth. I agree. He had this two days ago. Uh, he gave it a four and a half. Uh, glad to see Hoosiers back open. This one is solid. Crazy mouthfeel and juice overload. He gave it a five. That was Rob Y. He had this two days ago. Um, supporting all Indiana hops is a little too much on the sweet side, but tasty. Janelle K gave it a three and a quarter, uh, almost a stout mouthfeel, multi and fruity needs more carbonation though. Thanks. William B. Uh, probably the person who referred it to him. He tagged him in it. How's Tim B. He gave it a three and a half. I don't know if I, I probably needs a little bit more carbonation. Mine tasted just fine canned. Uh, it looks like he had it canned too. Uh, William B., ha here's his friend's post. So much mango and sweet orange peel. I can see the orange peel. I just say enough of a how, can't say enough of how awesome this beer is. He gave it a four and a half. Uh, and it appears that we just have people thinking each other, tagging people uh, as we go. So it's a, it seems pretty positive. Not a whole lot of negative things. Maybe pretty low rating with the, the three and a quarter, but you know, you can't fault somebody for not liking something, you know, uh, like I can't fault the beer if I don't like it, you know, but this one's actually pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and check this guy in. Uh, I going to pull it up on my phone. Just going to be a second. I don't like using the web interface for check-in, especially since I could take the picture on my phone. So it'll just be uh, a moment. Okay. I have checked it in. Uh, I gave it a four. Uh, 0.25. It is a tasty beer. Uh, I would 100% drink this a bunch. The problem that's not making it much, much higher for me is that they said it's like drinking a glass of pineapple juice. I just don't taste it. I taste a lot more other fruits. Uh, orange. I guess mango, as he said, more tropically. Um, it's very sweet. It's delicious. I just think that it could be boosted up uh, just a little bit more. But I will continue to drink it as we go along. And if my opinion changes by the end of the episode, I'll be sure to update you. Okay, so uh, the premise of this show today is Punch-Out. We're going to talk about Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, uh, which originally came out for the NES back in 1987. Uh, before we jump into that, I would like to say that 
the the idea for the the series of podcasts uh came from uh my nickname obviously uh they call me the duke on the the podcast and so we had this discussion about coming up with these smaller mini episodes uh and saf had something uh with his his name um that he wanted to do like 10 minute episodes where you can like sipping with saf you know just get a beer and make an episode about it and that'd be it and uh, so then we kind of just joked around with pale and we're like, oh, pukey pale, you know, you're puking with pale, you know, tell your favorite, you know, drunk stories or whatever. And like a couple of days after that, Saf said to me, we can have one for you. You know, you're duking with Dustin. Uh, and I was like, what am I going to tell bathroom jokes? Like what kind of episode would that be? And he's like, no, no, like duking it out. Like you're fighting. Um, and so I was like, you know what? That actually sounds like a stupidly awesome idea, right? Uh, and so that's where we started brainstorming. Me and my wife started talking about it, trying to figure out what we were doing. And so, um, that's where I came up with the name, duking it out with the Duke. And so hopefully this little mini series is, uh, going to be good. It's going to be on, uh, Patreon. It's not going to be part of the, the normal rotation. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I plan on also releasing them as like YouTube videos uh, or something. I don't know yet. Uh, I do know that it's going to be something that's uh, additional content for the show. And uh, it's it's still going to be under Digo. Obviously, we just did the drinking portion of it, which is cool. Now I have to drink an entire pint by myself. Uh, but, you know, that hasn't, you know, been a problem for me in the past. Uh, with this COVID thing, we've all been just drinking pints every single time that we have an episode. Uh, but yeah, this is just me and playing these fighting style games. I guess I never really specified duking, so fighting. We're doing fighting style games. Um, it's not just games either. Um, I'm a I'm a video game player. I play all the time. I stream sometimes. Uh, I'm very big into video games, and so it's going to be a lot of focused on fighting games uh, per se, uh, but we could also venture out into other themes, um, MMA, probably not, boxing, eh, we'll see, but it, it'll be something fighting related, so favorite fight scene in a movie or, or something, uh, but today we're going to do uh, the very first episode, a, the very first video game that I remember playing that was fighting related and that is Mike Tyson's punch out and I had this uh, for the uh, for the NES yeah the punch out originally titled Mike Tyson's punch out uh, is a boxing fighting boxing sports fighting video game for the NES is developed in, in 1987 uh, it would be later rebranded as punch out or part of the punch out series uh and one of the important things in this is the referee in here is very like reminiscent of mario and i think that's the important part of this uh connection is to have a mario style year and of course here we are we have a fighting game uh and we have you know mario the development of the game uh genio 
Takada, the producer of Punch-Out! Arcade Games, was assigned director of the NES variation of the game. Because the NES was not as powerful as the arcade hardware, Takada and his crew realized that it would be impossible for the NES port to faithfully emulate the graphics of the arcade. So instead of making a playable boxer wire-framed or transparent in order to see an opponent, opponent... Sorry, excuse me. They decided to make the playable boxer more short-bodied so that the players can easily see the opponent uh, that you're fighting. So it's kind of uh, angled a little bit, uh, and you have yourself like a tiny little figure, which is uh, funny. You know, you have your name as Little Mac, right? And so when you're fighting these people, you just, you know... (laughs) uh, big looking scary dudes and you're you're the underdog right uh and so you basically have to get up to mike tyson and fight the world uh, world champion all right and so the theme song for this um is called look sharp b sharp march that was composed by milan merrick sometime between 1953 and 1956 uh, the theme was originally used for the radio and TV program Gillette Cavalcade of Sports, uh, a program which covered a variety of different sports, but over time began to focus more on boxing prior to the release of Punch-Out! in 1987. Uh, the song was featured in a 1980s boxing film, Raging Bull, as well. So I have it up. I'm going to play it. Uh, it's very nostalgic. I love it. Uh, and so here we go with a little bit of the Punch-Out! theme. Big fan of this. It's very nostalgic, right? When you we start this up and you're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna knock the lights out. It's pretty exciting. Uh, I I don't think I've ever beaten the game, right? I think I've only like gotten to some point. We'll go through the characters and I'll let you know if I've ever beat them or not. Uh, but the trick was figuring out what their weaknesses were. And I don't think I've ever figured all those out, so that's, you know, problematic. Uh, Little Mac faces a total of 14 opponents, three in the minor circuit, four in the major circuit, six in the world circuit, and then Mike Tyson. Uh, However, three of the world circuit bouts involve previously defeated opponents with new moves, except for exception for King Hippo. Every opponent character sprite is used twice in the game uh, with, you know, different head images and colors and special moves, whatever. And then, of course, Mario makes the uh, cameo appearance as a referee, as mentioned before. All right, so to start things off, we have Glass Joe. Uh, he's uh, basically a stereotypical uh, wimp. Uh, he's your first opponent, uh, and I'm assuming it's because of his jaw that it makes him, a.k.a. like Glass Joe. Uh, but I have beat him, <laughs> so that you know, that's good. Beat the first character. Moving on, uh, the second fu- opponent in the minor circuit was Von Kaiser. He was an ex-military officer from West Berlin. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna click on his image to see if I can see him. Oh yeah, I remember him. He had that weird stance, and he had like the eyebrows. Yeah, the the mustache boy. Yeah. 
I remember him. I remember beating him. He's, he fought really weird, you know? Definitely don't have that game anymore, so I can't just, like, play it for you. Uh, probably doesn't make very good uh, podcasting either. But, yeah, he always had, like, that weird swing, and so you had to, like, duck and, like, get him. Um, he also had, you know, like, yeah, he's a very weird stance. Um, was his... Uh, oh, he's left-handed, too. Yeah, just from the picture. <laughs> I just remember seeing this thing. Uh, but I have beat him. Uh, next on there was Preston Honda. Uh, Preston, an experienced boxer from Tokyo, Japan. He was the champion of the minor circuit. Uh, I remember, I believe I beat him. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, he's got like the the stereotypical face with the, the, the headband on. He's got like that really big hook. And so you, you duck out of the way and then you just like jab him in the side. I remember that. Uh, but yeah, uh, black trunks, uh, very cut, you know, you know how it goes. Uh, then you're going to move on over to the major circuit. Uh, so this is the first fighter, uh, that you really need to plan like, uh, uh, strategic moves on him. Uh, but he's a former bullfighter from Madrid. Don Flamenco. Wikipedia is like really struggling with these images. Um, but I, I would like to say that I remember him. Oh yeah. He's, he's very, he's like very frail and he's got like the rose in his mouth when he's, you know, starting, but he's got, he's got the funniest like fall down, I believe like, a, ooh, uh, ooh. Uh, I like the fighting style. Don't really remember, but I do remember beating him. Uh, so that, that was good. Uh, next down on the list in the circuit would be King Hippo. He was an overweight fighter from the Hippo Islands in South Pacific. Uh, he can only be hit in the belly, which remains well guarded until his hands go up in the air. And if you, if knocked down twice, you will knock it up again. So he is a second one. He's a major boxer in that one, but he's a second fighter. So he looks like a big old. Uh, fat man, of course, King Hippo by the name. I'm trying to remember what he looks like in the. Oh yeah, yeah. So he had like red trunks and the uh, the white X on his, uh, on his belly, and like he'd knock him down and is easy peasy. He did keep his belly pretty well covered with his fists. Uh, I forget what it was he had to do, but you just kind of get him to raise his hands and uh, it would work out. Uh, I have beat him. Uh, next on the list is the Great Tiger, an Indian boxer that could teleport and trick the players. He's part of the uh, the major circuit as well. Um, and he had the turban on in the game. And he basically almost like shadow stepping in the in the ring while you're you're fighting to get there. Um, but he's you know he's interesting. I do not remember beating him. So I'm going to assume that I didn't, and this is where I would go unless I come up to like the next couple and be like, oh, yeah, I've been there. I know that one. Uh, and then this is the major champion. Uh, this next one is Bald Bull. Uh, Bald Bull is a fighter from Istanbul, obviously, uh, Turkey, and has his own signature move. He will charge at you and knock you down with one punch, which can be prevented with a body blow. Right, so if I look up the bald bull, 
Yeah, I don't. I do not remember fighting him. Maybe once or twice. But he's a big dude with a mustache. He looks angry. He's wearing blue trunks. Yeah, he seems like he would just be uh, absolutely devastating if he uh, connected with you. All right. uh, The first in the world champion circuit. And I can promise you I don't ever remember being in here. So we have Soda Popinski, a burly Russian man who enjoys drinking soda, obviously. Originally named Vodka Drunkinsky, uh, but, you know, keeping it friendly for the kids, you go with the soda, soda pop. I, I do not remember fighting him at all. He looks um, very odd. He's very big. He's got a weird shaped head. He's got the handlebar mustache and he's drinking a soda. Um, it could be vodka. I don't know, but yeah, I definitely do not remember fighting him. That'd be feel like it'd be a tough and memorable uh, fight. Uh, after him, you have Mister Sandman, which is a uh, black boxer from Philadelphia, known for a triple uppercut move that could be deadly to players. I don't like deadly. When I typed Mister Sandman, I got the um, the cordettes. Oh, yeah, this dude, uh, what did he look like in the game? Oh, yeah, he kind of looked like he, uh, <laughs> what's that dude's name in Family Guy? It looks like him with the, the hair and the chin. Uh, but he had, you know, white trunks and yellow gloves, and he seemed very, very powerful. Yeah, I don't think I could handle, I never fought him. I'll be honest. Um, next one down would be Super Macho Man. Uh, this dude is the World Circuit Champion. All right, and, I mean, he just kind of looks like the previous guy. Kind of. Um, but he's white in the original, and then he's darker complected in the other newer ones. I don't know. But he looks very powerful. He's got, like, a mullet, too. I mean, he's a champion, of course. Of course, you know. Kind of reminds me of like Randy Man, Macho Man, Randy Savage, without the glasses. Uh, after that, you end up fighting uh, Mike Tyson. This is the last fight in the game and is noted as one of the hardest bosses in all of video game history. Uh, so we all know what Mike Tyson looks like. And then Mr. Dream, a reskin of, uh, of him, of Mike Tyson for future game releases. And let's see what he looks like. He's just a white man. Yep, he's just a white man. Got to have the white man fighters. I don't know. I, I've never fought Mike Tyson. I don't think I've ever watched the video of it. I should probably take a look at that as we do that. So, um, all right. So different versions of the game. Uh, we had the gold version. Before the public release of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, Nintendo released the game in a gold-colored Famicom cartridge simply titled Punch-Out in Japan without Mike Tyson in it. As a prize for the Golf U.S. Course Famicom Tournament in September 1987. Mike Tyson does not appear in this version of the game. Instead, the final opponent is Super Macho Man, who was also the final opponent in the Super Punch-Out! arcade game. Nintendo later released Punch-Out! to the public as the Mike Tyson version in Japan. Uh, Punch-Out! after Nintendo's license to use Mike Tyson as a 
special Punch-Out character expired. They replaced Tyson with a fictional character called Mr. Dream and whitewashed him and released a game for the NES simply as Punch-Out in limited quantities in North America in August of 1990 and in Europe in 1991. Um, other releases in Animal Crossing for Nintendo GameCube. It is one of the rare unlockable NES games that can be obtained within the game. Punch-Out! released under the title Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream in English uh, to distinguish the game from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! was released on Wii's Virtual Console uh, service on March 30th, 2007. Uh, And, you know, other things. Uh, So how well did this go? Uh, Punch-Out! has mainly been well-received by critics. A GameSpot reader poll ranked as the 6th greatest NES game. It was rated the 17th best game made on the NES in Nintendo's Power's Top 200 game list. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, we have, you know, a game, a boxing game. It's not really like a thing that we uh, are big fans of fighting or whatever. But, you know, this game is, you know, top tier. And I remember playing it as a kid. I wasn't very good at it. I'll probably play it again uh, soon. Uh, just to see what it's about, but uh, it is what it is uh, with that uh, fighting style. And I can't believe it is, you know, like the top six. And, of course, the idea of Mike Tyson being unbeatable or an impossible fight just, you know, makes me happy too because too often these days they want to make sure that the game is beatable. Otherwise, people, you know, complain about it. But back then in the 90s, nobody cared that they weren't able to beat the game. Uh, it was like some feet if they were, if they could. So, I don't know. It's pretty exciting. Uh, this is obviously the first episode. So, we're, you know, we're kind of keeping it kind of low key on the gameplay, uh, whatnot. But uh, I figured this was fitting for, you know, fight number one because I, you know, this was the first fighting game that I've ever played. So, uh, thank you for hanging out. Thanks for sticking out to the end. Uh, hopefully we can keep pumping these out and keep going. If you guys have any suggestions for what fighting games you want to see or hear, uh, or you know, for me to actually check out, that'd be cool. Uh, if you have any like things that you want to correct about the show, that'd be awesome. Uh, we just we'd like to hear from you. So uh, the social media stuff, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff is at Drinking Geek Out. Uh, website DrinkingGeekOut.com. Anything you can find about us is on there. Uh, so feel free to go on there and email us, DM us, whatever you want to do. Just hit us up with ideas, suggestions, complaints, you know, things like that. Uh, and so on that note, I'm going to sign out and hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Duking with the Duke and I will fight with you later. <laughs>